All right, Chambo, say good morning. Let us begin an absolutely overwhelmingly, magnificently beautiful daf ahead of us today. Begin by thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors, for the month of Elul. To thank Shady and Avram Kelman for dedicating all the Sherman and Joshos this month in honor of Yechiel's engagement to Alana Falik in the memory of our parents, Jerome and Bernice Kelman, and Alexander and Federica David Alema Shalom. To thank Barak, Maya, Sandy Hoffman, Dora Limas, and Avi Malamid for dedicating all the Sherman and Joshos this month. In honor and memory of Ruven Ben Emanuel, to thank Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating all the Shimon Joshos this month. And the Schuss of Rafur Schlemmer for Shulamis Bas Susha. The Dafyomi Shin is Schuss of Rafur Schlemmer for Yehuda Ben Michal. Our Day of Learning sponsors, Sherry and Alan Steinmetz, in commemoration of the yard site of Sherry's mother, Mrs. Anna Wolf, Chana Riva Bas Reb Chaim who survived the horrors of Auschwitz and built a family committed to Torah, mitzvot, and devotion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Brian and Shoshi Panzak, in memory of Freda Panzak, Freda Bas Moshe, and to thank Milt and Melanie Gertner for dedicating this year today, in memory of Milt's father, Getzel Ben Avram. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, the families in Nechama, and those who require a Refuah should have one together with Kol Cholei Yisrael. Most with that, let us begin. We have an incredible, incredible daf ahead of us today. Oh, actually, what are we doing? The people on YouTube are going to get seasick. Uh, all right, so, so 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 we have an incredible, incredible daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Samich Gimel, and we are starting on Samich Beis Amid Beis. A lot to do today. Eighteen lines down from the top. So we'll say so again. Really incredible Gemara ahead of us. Says the Gemara. How often is the obligation of Tamidi Chachamim for intimacy? Once a week, but specifically, specifically on Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. I will say in this context, Erev Shabbos really means Shabbos night. The night of Shabbos to the night of Shabbos. So the Gemara says, where do we see this from? Hasher Pirio Yitain Bi'ito whose fruits will be given at the appointed time. So the Gemara is actually quite beautiful. The Gemara understands that this Pasuk of Asher Piryo Yitain Bito, his fruit will be given in its time, is a reference ultimately again to one who has relations with his wife, Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos. Then both say, again, it's not suggesting that one has to limit their intimacy to that amount, but the concept, the concept, we know that intimacy on Shabbos actually, again, is part of the concept of Onik Shabbos as well, part of the physical enjoyment of Shabbos. The Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yehuda Breit Rav Chia, was an incredible Gemara. Yehuda Breit Rav Chia, Chasnei Rav So Yehuda, the son of Rav Chia, was the son-in-law of Rav Yanai. Hava Azav Yasiv Bebei Rav. He went ahead and he learned in the yeshiva of Rav. The Chol Shimshi, every Erev Shabbos, he would come back home. He'd come back home. The Chi Ahava Asi, and whenever he would come back home, we'll listen to this. There would literally be a pillar of fire that was going in front of him. In other words, the Lord said that this, that this, particular, this particular young man, this Yehuda Breit Rabchiyah, Ultimately, again, was so pious and was so diligent in his learning. He would stay in yeshiva the entire week. He would come home. He would come home Erev Shabbos. And when he would come home, there'd be a pillar of fire 
that was literally in front of him. So what happened? So the Gemara says, Yom Achad, one Arab Shabbos, we'll say first of the intermediate wide lines, Meshachti Shmaito. One day, he got a little bit too engrossed in his learning. Kevon Delo, so we'll say, and what happened? He didn't come home. He didn't come home. So the Gemara says something amazing. Kevon Delo Chazi Chavisimna, sorry, so therefore, people, normally, how did people know? How did people know that ultimately, again, that Yehuda was coming home? Because they would see the pillar of fire. So that particular week, they didn't see the pillar of fire. And what happened? So, Turn over his bed. It must be that he passed away. Because if Yehuda was alive, he would not have neglected coming home for Shabbos and being intimate with his wife. The fact that they did not see the pillar of fire on Erev Shabbos led Rabbi Yanai to say he must have passed away. So the Gemara says, Kishkaga, Sehavi, Kishkaga, We've seen this many times, this concept that the words of Tzadikim have an incredible power. And even if their words are, are not meant in any type of negative way, it has, it has some type of overwhelming effects. Here Rabbi Yanai said, Yehuda must have died. So the Gemara says, Kishkaga means like a mistake that came out before the messenger, and Yehuda died. So I will say, obviously you, story, you see a story like this and there are, there are many, many lessons. Some of, part, of, part of the lesson seems to be kind of in, in, in accordance with what we learned yesterday about if, that if one is going to be away from home, yeah. how careful one has to be to come back home at their appointed time in order not to cause one's wife any level of tsar. We also see the concept ultimately of the power of the words of a tzaddik. Words have an effect. Words have an impact and words create realities. Rebbe <laughs> arranged the shidduch for his son with the daughter of Rebbe when it's time to write the Ksuva, Noch Nafshe Dirabisa. Nebach the girl, the Kala passed away. So Amrabi Khasa Shalom Sula Ika. So Rabbi said, you know, could it be that the reason this girl passed away is because this Shidduch was not meant to be? Because there's some type of psul, some type of disqualification within one of our families. So what happened? So Yasivu Va'ainu Bemishbachos. So they went down and each family examined like their family tree. Rabbi Asimishvatya ben Avital. Rebbe was a descendant of Shvatya ben Avital. It was a Shvatya ben Avital was one of the sons of David HaMelech. So Rebbe was a direct descendant of David HaMelech. And what happened? Rebbe Chia ultimately again came from Shimi, the brother of David HaMelech. So Rebbe says, this is interesting. So Rebbe took this as a sign that the Shidduch was not meant to be why. Because being a direct descendant of David HaMelech, so ultimately, again, Rebbe had to be more careful which families he married into. So that's how he, that's how he took the omen that the Kala passed away. So we'll say, get ready for this story. This is incredible. So they arranged, and now Rebbe's son, they arranged another Shidduch. Who was the Shidduch with? With ultimately the daughter of Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. Okay, so we'll say, watch this, Gemara. So Paskule Tarti Sorry Shnin Lemezal Beirab. So say the way they arranged it was they they essentially solidified the Shidduch and they said, okay, the Chassan now is gonna go off for twelve years to learn in Yeshiva. So we'll say it sounds like a very long time, but Pashtas, they probably finalized it when they were both very young. So again, there was no rush to actually get married. 
right? No rush actually. So they said, who's going to go off to yeshiva for 12 years? We'll say, get ready for this. So we'll say, it's clear from the story that before this shidduch was arranged, Chassan and Kala never met. They never met. So Rabbi's son never met, never met Rabbi Yossi's daughter. So what happened? After the shidduch was arranged, what occurred? Get ready for this. Achlefua Kame. They brought out the Kala to meet the Chassan. Now, Achlefua Kame literally means they passed her by him. So in other words, whatever. He saw the Kala. He saw the Kala. So I'll say, Amalahu, Nehavu Shishnin. So what does the Chassan say? You know what? Maybe I'll only go to yeshiva for six years, right? Right? It was a good meeting. It was a good meeting. Maybe I'll only go over to, to yeshiva for six years. So what happened? Achlefua Kame. They brought out the Kala again. He met the Kala a second time. So what what order Rabbi says, he said, you know what? Maybe we should just get married now and then I'll go to Yeshiva. And I'll say so pretty I'll say just sweet story. So Yamar says, what happened? Rebbe's son was very embarrassed in front of his father. Right? Because essentially what happened over here? Why what's 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 the what's the Rashi on the story? Rashi's story sounds like the Kala was very beautiful, right? The Chassan Rebbe's son sees her. He's eager to marry her. She says, you know, so we, we, went from, by the way, we went from 12 years in yeshiva, right? 12 years away and then marriage to why don't we get married now and then I'll go to yeshiva. So he was embarrassed. He was embarrassed. Rebbe said, listen to how beautiful this is. Amalei, b'ni, das koncha yeshbecha. Rebbe says to his son, my son, don't be embarrassed. You are actually acting in a divine manner. The machshava, the way you think, is the Akash Baruch who thinks. How so? Isn't that beautiful? This is Meikarak Siv. To the aim of a Sita Emo. Rabbi saying, Az Yashir, in Az Yashir, when the Shira describes the building of the Beis Hamikdash, how does the Shira describe the Beis Hamikdash? To the Emo, I will bring you to Eretz Yisrael, the Sita Emo, and then I will plant you there. That planting represents what? The Binyan Beis Hamikdash, the building of the Beis Hamikdash. So first it's, I'll bring you, then I'll plant you. And what does it say at the end? Sirbo said, this is so beautiful. The original plan was that Beisamitosh was going to be built upon arrival in Eretz Yisrael. But the Ribbono Shalom's love for us was so intense that he switched the plans. And what did he do? He built the Mishkan in the desert even before we ever arrived in the Beisamitosh. So Rabbi says to his son so beautifully, it's okay. Sometimes, sometimes when there's love, or in this case, I don't know if it's love or if it's attraction, right? When there's love, love, you know, I'll say the, the Lashon of Rashi is, love, love uproots the natural order of things. It's a beautiful phrase. Rashi says in a couple of different places, love disrupts the natural order. So here, this chasen, this chasen falls in love with this kala, Wants to, wants to marry her now. Wants to marry her. He's embarrassed. And Rebbe says, don't be embarrassed. Kaddish Baruch Hu does the same thing. We're supposed to be getting to Eretz Yisrael, build the base HaMikdash, but Ava Makalkel Asashura. Love disrupts the natural order of things. He builds the Mishkan in the, in the desert, even before arrival in Eretz Yisrael. So beautiful. So I'll say, so what happened? Also gets married. Rebbe son gets married. Azul Yosef Tarti Sarishni Bebeira. So then Rebbe's son goes off to Yeshiva for 12 years. Ad when he came back, his wife was unable to have children. So remember again, it appears that Rebbe went ahead and went off to Yeshiva. Rebbe went ahead, I'm sorry, Rebbe's son went off for 12 uninterrupted years. Now understand, this goes back to yesterday's Soya. How long is the Tamad Chacham allowed to leave for? How long is he allowed to leave for? 
Again, so if he has his wife's permission, how long could he leave for? As long as he was. So he had his wife's permission. This, this was the shidduch. He had his wife's permission. And therefore, again, and therefore, again, halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, he went for, comes back, she can't have children. Om Rebbe, heichini avid. So now, he, so Rebbe's son comes to his father, says, what should we do? Should, should he, he, my son divorces this woman because she can't have children. How could that be? How can you do that? She waited for him for 12 years to come back from yeshiva. So now what? Because she can't have children, never he's going to divorce her. People are going to say she waited. She waited all that time for him. Maybe you should marry another woman. You can't do that. People will say, oh, the one who we can have children with, that's his wife. And this other woman who we can't have children with was his first wife, is going to be his harlot. Now I will say, just so you should know, Rashi, Rashi and Bereshis makes reference to this practice that it used to be, it used to be very common that a man, at least, at least biblically, that a man would marry two women. One of them, he would give like a, um, a sterility potion. A potion, I don't know if potion is the wrong word. Sterility medication. Why? That was his, that was his intimacy wife. That was his intimacy wife. He didn't want her to get pregnant, didn't want her to... So that was his intimacy wife. And then he would have another wife, or what we call a procreation wife. So Rebbe was concerned that if his, if his son goes in and marries another woman, then people, it, doesn't, it doesn't look right. So I will say, so what happened? So boy, this is incredible. So what happened? Rebbe davened for her, and she was healed. So I will say, what's the cash on the story? What's the cash on the story? Why don't you start with that? In other words, I will say it's very simple. Because in Som Chanalanes, we don't rely on miracles. In other words, I will say, this is actually, a Gemara like this is a very profound Gemara, because what, what the Gemara is showing us is, Rebbe faced the problem. So I will say, so sometimes people think, it's fascinating, you ask a Jew, what do you do in a time of crisis? What do you do in a time of crisis? And what do people say? What do you do in a time of crisis? Davin. No. I mean, yes, but no. In other words, I will say, what you do in a time of crisis is, you roll your sleeves up, and you figure out, how could I address this situation? Now, that doesn't preclude you from simultaneously davening to Hashem. But the first stop in a moment of crisis is not, Ribono shall olam help me out. The first stop on the journey to crisis resolution is rolling on my sleeves and figuring out, what can I do to help myself? What can I do to extricate myself from these circumstances? What could I do to alleviate or to at least ameliorate these situations that I'm currently dealing with? After you've exhausted all of your hashtagless possibilities, then you have the right to say, Ribono Shalom, you got this. Right? In other words, like, like I, I, I have tried. I have tried. I, so I'll say, so to be clear, you could always dab into Hashem and you could concurrently dab into Hashem as you're putting in your hashtagless. But so, I can't tell you, so often in life, people encounter problems, and what they do is, like, they abdicate, right? They just give it to God, and that's not right. That's not right. You don't give it to God at first. You first try to solve your own problems, and then if you can't, ultimately, again, that's where HaKadosh Baruch Hu steps in such a profound Gemara. Let's go back there. It's crazy Gemaras. Crazy good. was going to Yeshiva. He's going to yeshiva, right? So he was traveling on his way to yeshiva. What happened? So b'shilhi hilulei drabshem bayachai, and I will say he stops into town, and it was the wedding of Rashbi. Rabshilhi bayachai. I will say so. First of all, I just want to point out: you have to just imagine this generation, right? 
where you have all of these tzaddikim. Now here they're young. Here they're young. Rabbi Chanayim and Chaki, you know how you write, is going off to yeshiva. He's on his way to learn in the yeshiva of Rav. He stops off in town, right? Stops at the right. Stops by Rabbi and, and sees. He stops in town. He stops. It's Rabbi Shmuel Bayochai's wedding. Rabbi Shmuel Bayochai sees him. Rashbi says, "Wait for me. Wait for me until the end of Shabbat Brachos, and I'm going to come with you to yeshiva." So I'll say, "Get ready for this." So that's what I'm So 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 um lo i akvale. So what's Rabbi Chananya said? No, no, sorry, can't do. Not waiting for you. Not waiting for you. Okay, he goes off to yeshiva. So Rabbi Hananya goes in and we're going to talk about why he didn't wait in just a little bit. He learns 12 years. 12 years in the yeshiva of Rav. So now he comes back home. He comes back home. So apparently Rabbi Hananya ben Chachinoi, when he left, was already married. He was already married, right? And it sounds like he even had a family, we'll see. Right? He was already married. So now he goes, he's away for 12 years. He comes back home. What's the problem? Comes back to his town. They changed the streets, right? They passed a new infrastructure bill, right? And Baruch Hashem, they were able to pave new roads. And suddenly again, he doesn't know, he doesn't know the way back to his house. So this is incredible. Ozl Yosef Aguda Dinara. So he goes to the riverbank. And we'll say, why does he go to the riverbank? If you ever wanted good gossip in Talmudic times, right? Where do you go? The riverbank. Because what happens at the riverbank? What happens at the riverbank? People do laundry. People draw water, right? There's a lot of stuff going on over there. So he goes, not looking for gossip, but he figures, let me go to the riverbank. So he goes to the riverbank. So, Shama la hurabisa da havukari la baschachinoi baschachinoi moli kolsech vitanozo. So what does he hear by the riverbank? He hears someone calling to a young girl, daughter of chachinoi, daughter of chachinoi, fill up your bucket and let's go. And let's go. And I remember again, I was like, this is Rabbi Hanani ben Chachinoi. So he hears literally someone calling out to Rabbi Bas Chachinoi. So the Gemara says, Amr Shmamina, Hai Rabbi Sadidan. So he says, Oh, this must be one of ours. Now again, he doesn't know who this girl is, but Lamaisa, said they're calling her Bas Chachinoi. So the Gemara goes, like, just listen to this. Azal Basra. He follows her home. He follows the little girl home. So what happened? It was an incredible. Hava Yasivu Divisu. Rabbi Hanani ben Chachinoi's wife was sitting and sifting flour. Sifting flour. She looks up and who does she see? Her husband. Her husband, who she hasn't seen for 12 years. It was too much for her to handle and she passed away. In other words, she, 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 like, she like died. She died of shock. She died of shock. So I will say, so abs- absolutely, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So the Gemara is, I'm really fond of. So I will say, poor Rabbi Hanani ben, right, poor Mrs. Rabbi Hanani ben Chachinoi. Rabbi Hanani ben Chachinoi comes home and he says, I'm really fond of Ribono Shalom Aniyozu Zeschara. So I will say, it's so, so powerful. Rabbi Hanani says, like, my wife was most nefesh from my learning. And now I'm finally home. This is the reward that she gets. So the Gemara said, Boy Rachami Allah. He davened for her, and she came back to life. She came back to life. Incredible story. We'll say one more story. More, I mean, more than one more story, but one more story in this, in this vein. Rabbi Chama Barbisa, Azul Yasa Trace Sarishani, Bebe Mijasha. Soon Rabbi Chama Barbisa, Rabbi Chama Barbisa, we'll say, by the way, I'll just point out that Marashal says, why are all of these stories, why are all of these stories 12 years? 
there must be something to the twelve. So the Marashah says something very interesting. The Marashah says that often what happened in situations is people got married at twelve or shiduchim were arranged. I'm sorry, at eighteen. At eighteen, Shmona Esrei Lechopa. Shmona Esrei Lechopa. They'd get married at eighteen and then what? Go off to yeshiva for twelve years and come back home and kind of resume a normal life at thirty. At thirty, that that that's often the schedule. Okay, in any event, Rebbechar Babisa, also Yosef Chesari Shani Ben Midrasha, Rebbechar Babisa ultimately was twelve years in yeshiva. Ki Asa Amar Loi Abed Kida Abed Ben Chachinoi. So I say, listen to this. So people heard about this Rabbi Chananya Ben Chachinoi story. So what happened? So it became like a good muster that when you come home, don't just show up, right? Don't just say. By the way, you know there's a halacha. It's it's a different. You know when you, when you go when you walk into even your own home, you're supposed to knock. Before you go in, now you don't have to, you don't doesn't mean you don't have to knock and wait for someone to open the door. But the idea the idea is because depending on your family dynamic, you may be outside for a while, right? But but, but, lamaisa, but lamaisa, what it, what it means is what it means is that halacha lamaisa, a person can't walk in unannounced, right? Even, even if it's just you and your wife, you have to knock on the door first. You have to knock on the door. So let's say so. Part of that is snios. Part of that is snios. And part of that is just that they cover up rios. Don't startle people. Don't startle people. So the Gemara says as follows. So Rabbi also sat in yeshiva for twelve years, and he said, "You know what? I am not going to pull. I'm not going to pull what they call the chachinoi. Right? What's a right? What's a chachinoi? Chachinoi is surprise. No, right? In other words, yeah. In any event, they're not going to pull a surprise. Not going to pull a surprise. So instead, what happened? Ayel Yosef Midrasha. Shalach Abesi. So instead of saying what happens when Rabbi Babisa comes home, he goes to the local base medrash. He goes to the local base medrash. He he sits and learns, and he sends word to his house that he's home. Right. So good plan. Learn the base medrash. Send the messenger home just to let my wife know that I'm home. That way again. That way again. She knows that I'm coming. Fine. So let's say get ready, get ready for this. Asher of Oshia Berei Yosef Kamei. So let's listen to this. Who walks into the base medrash? Rab Oshia, Rab Oshia, who was Rabbi Chama Barbisa's son. And I was like, when Rabbi Chama Barbisa left, Rab Oshia was a baby. So father doesn't recognize son, son doesn't recognize his father. So what happens? Yasef Kame, Hava Kamashle Shmaito. And Rabbi Oshia engaged Rabbi Chama in learning. He was asking questions in learning. Chaza, the Kamis Chadadi Shmaisei. So Rabbi Chama saw that this young man, Oshia, was very sharp. Very sharp, a very learned young man. Chalash daite. Rabbi Chama Barbisa became depressed. Why? Amar? Ihavei hacha, havili zera. So let's listen to this. He said, you know what? If I was home, if only I was home to raise my son, I would have had a son like this. See, he lamented the fact that he was not present in his child's life. He's like, who knows what my kid is? My kid is probably doing whatever. Right? If only I was someone could have raised a son like this. So what's that? Listen to this. Kihai al-Bese. When Rabbi Chama Barbisa comes into his house. So listen to this. Al-Bere. After he comes in. Who comes in? Who comes in? His son, Rabbi Ushia. Kam Kamei. So ultimately, again, Rabbi Chama stood up for this young Talmud Chacham. He figured the young man was coming to ask him more Allah questions. Amralei. So Rabbi Chama Barbisa's wife said to him, Divis, Is there such a thing as a father who gets up in front of his son? So essentially, I will say, such a profound Gemara. So, so Rabbi Chama's wife is saying, That's your son. That's your son. Oshia, Oshia, that young man you were impressed with? 
That's your son. So Allah says, it's so beautiful. Kari Ali Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Barham, Rabbi Barham has said about this, Hakut Hamashulash, Lobe Meheri Yinotek. We'll say, as Shlomo HaMelech writes in Kohalas, the three ply cord, Chut Hamashulash, the three ply cord, in other words, a rope that is made of, of three strands shall not be quickly unraveled. So I'll say, what, is, what does this mean? So this means that if in a family you have three generations of Talmidi Chachamim, we've seen this before, that is a skula, that Torah will never depart that family. So we'll say, in this moment, in this moment, Rami Chama Barbisa ultimately felt that this Pasuk was Mukuyim, was fulfilled in his family. Why? Ze'oshio Benoshra, sorry, sorry. Ze'oshio Benoshal Rabbi Chama Barbisa. Because Rabbi said, you had Bisa, who was a Tam Tchacham, his son Rabbi Chama was a Tam Tchacham, and now his son Rabbi Oshio was a Tam Tchacham. Rabbi said, what's, what's the, like, what's, what's fascinating about this Gemara, so remember, all of these stories are incredible, Rabbi said, but they're here for some type of import. So Rabbi said, I think that there's a profound message in this story, which is that, if you think about it, Rabbi Chama Barbisa was not present for the raising of his child. Was not present for the raising of his child. So how do you reconcile that? Like in other words, how, how did his son become so great with an absent father? Because we'll say, I think, but I think what the Gemara is teaching us is that when a person applies themselves to Talmud Torah, and a person applies themselves, the, the, the Chavetz Chaim talks about this with those who give themselves over to Tzar Sibor. Person gives themselves over to communal needs, and sometimes for communal needs and for Torah, that means you're not as much. You don't spend as much time with your family. So a person might think, well, if I'm involved in communal needs, if I'm involved in Torah, and I'm not a present parent, so my children will suffer for that. So again, what the Gemara is teaching us is, if you take care of the Ribono Shel Olam's children, he will take care of yours. If at the end of the day. You apply yourself to Torah. You're in the base measure. So say, not just learning yourself, but Rabbi Chaim Barbisa also was a teacher. You're teaching others. You're spreading Torah to others. Right? You're involved in Sarchei Tzibor, helping others. Baruch, who says, you take care of mine, I will take care of yours. They're both saying, of course, we have to be present parents. And of course, we have to be an ongoing influence in our children's life. But lest you think that what you give to the Klau comes at the expense of your children, the Gemara Yichar Barbisa teaches us that that is not the case. Incredible Gemara. say, Rabbi Akiva. David Schwartz could not sleep the whole night last night because of Rabbi Akiva. say, here we go. Here we go. Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was the shepherd. Was the shepherd ultimately, again, of Kalba Sabua. Rabbi say, it's interesting. In Meseches Tainis, it says his name is Kalba Sabua. Here, it calls him Ben Kalba Savua. Okay, I will say, either way, we know that this is not his real name. Kalba Savua means satiated dog, right? Not a popular child's name. So, I will say, so, so again, so what does it mean? The Gemara Masechus Tainis explains that he was one of the wealthiest men of Yerushalayim, and he was so wealthy, so wealthy, that even if you came into his home, right, as ravenous as a dog, he would feed you. He would feed you. So again, so Rabbi Akiva was his shepherd. Rabbi Akiva was a shepherd. So Chazi Barte da Havitsania Umali. So what's this incredible? So so Kabosabu's daughter saw in this shepherd Akiva that he was Tsania. Tsania means modest and Mali. Mali Rabosa means Milus. He had good Milus, good character traits. Good character traits. I will say it's interesting to point out 
it's interesting to point out that Tosis has a whole discussion over here about the fact that in Gemara Mesechus Pesachim, Rabbi Akiva comes across as a little bit of a ruffian. But if we have time, we'll come back to that. We'll leave that on the side. So what happened? So Amrle, so she says to him, So she says to him, now remember again, she sees in him Midos. What doesn't he have? What doesn't he have? A shred of Torah knowledge. The guy, Rabbi Akiva, he's not Rabbi Akiva, he's Akiva, he's Akiva the shepherd. Akiva the shepherd is an absolute ignoramus. So she says to him, she says to him, tell me, if I marry you, will you go to yeshiva? Will you go to yeshiva? Amr Layin, he said yes. He said yes. And I will say, why shouldn't he say yes? Right? Why shouldn't he? He said yes. He said yes. I will say, I just want to point out for something absolutely amazing. Why, what did, what did the daughter of Kalbasavo see in Rabbi Akiva? What did she see in Rabbi Akiva? Midos. Midos. See, I will say, you could acquire knowledge. You could acquire knowledge. You could acquire a lot of different things in life. You could acquire money. You could acquire a career. The one thing, the one thing that is the most important thing to look for within a match, within, within a shidduch, is midos. Because midos often, as much as you could acquire midos, and as much as you could change midos, midos often are something that either you have it or you don't have it. Again, it doesn't mean you can't acquire it. But either you have it, so she sees in this young man, a shepherd nevertheless, right? A shepherd nonetheless. A shepherd... And he has such exquisite midos. She says, where there are midos, you know what I'm What did she see? Where there are midos tobos, that's where there is the foundation to build a beautiful spiritual edifice. If you have midos tobos, you could build anything out of yourself. So she sees this man with exceptional midos. She says, okay, go to yeshiva. So what, say, what happens? They get married privately, right, secretly. Why do they get married secretly? As you're going to see in just a moment. Vishadarte, she sends him off to yeshiva. Why do they get married uh, privately? Shama Avua Afka, right? I'm sorry, Shama Avua. Kabbalah Sabo hears about this. So I'll say, and to put him out, be like, he blows a gasket, right? Literally, again, he loses it. He loses it. Afka Mibesei, he throws his daughter, her name was Rachel. He throws his daughter Rachel out of the house. Adra Namenechasei. And he makes a nether, precluding her from any, getting any benefit from his wealth. So now Rachel is homeless and penniless. Penniless. And Rabbi Akiva is off in Yeshiva. So what happened? Ultimately, again, she goes off, right? He goes and he spends 12 years, 12 years in yeshiva. When he comes back, he comes back with 12,000 talmidim. So I'll say, Rabbi Akiva comes back to town. Akiva comes back to town. As he's coming back in, he overhears an old man speaking to Rachel. So, Shamalahu Saba de Ka'amrala at Kama, top of Samach Kimel, Ka Midabris Amonos Chaim. So, the old man says to Rachel, How long are you going to continue to live like literally again a living widow or a widow of the living? Rachel's a young woman, I will say. She's a young woman. And pretty much, she got married and her husband went off. So, for 12 years, I want to point out, I want to point out, she's penniless and she's homeless. I will say, the message points out, Do you know how Rachel made a living? How Rachel made a living? She was a cleaning lady. She was a cleaning lady, I will say. So you just understand what this means. This was a daughter of one of the wealthiest, most prestigious families in Yerushalayim. And she was now cleaning other people's homes in order to enable her husband to become the best version of himself. Absolutely. Now, by the way, do not use that, right, right, in, in, in any way, right, in, in, in any marital discussions, right? I will say, but I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out, it's, 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 it's absolutely amazing. So people begin to talk with her. And I will say, and I remember again, the other piece that the Medrash highlights is, 
people thought that when Rabbi Akiva, when Akiva went off to Yeshiva, he went off to Yeshiva. In other words, they figured, why did this guy marry her? Why did he marry her? For money. Now she has no money, right? She has no money. It's a backfire. So where, where, where's Akiva? He's off somewhere. So the just relates that for years they were telling her, move on with your life. He's not coming back. See here, this old man tells her, this old man tells her, this old man tells her, go, go ahead, go ahead, right? What, how long are you be living with her? Amrlai, well, this is incredible. If my husband will listen to me, Yosef Trace Sari Shani Achrini. He would stay in Yeshiva for another 12 years. Amr, Rabbi Akiva over here, as we'll say, Rabbi Akiva is back in town. He has not spoken to his wife, not seen his wife. You ever heard this conversation? Amr, Bershus Ka'avidna. I obviously have her Rishus for another 12 years. Hadr Azov Yosef Trace Sari Shani Achrini. Let me go back and learn for another 12 years. So, Bebe Rav. So, we'll say, so ultimately, Ki Asa. So he comes, goes back for another 12 years. We'll discuss it. Just mom goes back for another 12 years. And I will say, what happens? What happens? He comes back now 24 years later, 24 years after his marriage, and ultimately again with 24,000 Tamidim. Shama Devisu, Hava Kanaf Gislape. His wife heard, Rachel heard that her husband was back in town. She ran out to meet him. Amra luhu shivifta sheini money livush v'ichsai. So Rachel had tattered clothing, tattered clothing. So the neighbor said to Rachel, "Borrow a nice dress. Get dressed nicely to greet your husband." As I will say, it's such a heartbreaking story. Amra luhu she said to who? Yodea tzadik nefesh behemto. Literally, again, the tzadik knows the soul of his animal, which means the tzadik knows what I've been through for him. The tattered clothing, the tattered clothing is a testament to the Messina's Nefesh that I have endured to allow him to be, go from Akiva, the ignorant shepherd, to Rabbi Akiva, the God Lahadar. It's a heartbreaking story. When she comes before him, she falls on her face and she kisses his feet. It's such a, such a dramatic Gemara. She hasn't seen her husband in 24 years. And the last time she saw him, he took leave of the house and he was just an ignorant shepherd. And now he's come back. He's come back. And at the end of the day, he's Rabbi Akiva, the God of Hadar. She's so overwhelmed by who her husband has become that literally she, fall, she just falls at his feet. She kisses his foot. So, they began to push. They thought she was like, nobody knew who she was. At least, I shouldn't say nobody knew. The Talmidim, the Talmidim did not know who this woman was. So ultimately, again, they began to push her away. Rabbi Akiva said the most beautiful phrase. Shavkua, leave her alone. Shali v'shalachem shalachi. At the end of the day, at the end, Rabbi Akiva says to the Talmidim, "Do you know who this woman is? Do you know who she is? Shali, everything that is mine. V'shalachem, by extension, everything that is yours. Shalachi, all because of her. Everything that I am, Rabbi Akiva says, and everything that all of you are, my Talmidim, is only because of her." So the Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, Shama Avua, the Asagavra Rabbalamasa. So Kalba Savua. Kalba Savua heard that a great man had come to this city. Amar Ezeligabe, Afsha de Mefer Nidroi. So this is just wild. So Kalba Savua. Kalba Savua says, There's a great man in the city. Maybe he'll help me to annul my vow. I both say, Which vow? Which vow? Right? The vow precluding his daughter and her, and her ignorant husband. From going in and getting any benefit from his property. I just want to point out, how long has the Nedra been in effect for? How long has it been in effect for? 24 years. 
Kabbalah Savua. What the heck are you waiting for? It's not a direct quote, but just right. But twenty-four years. And I will say, how many times does it happen in family dynamics that families get angry? Right, relatives get angry at each other, getting at each other, and what happens? They allow the cycle of animosity to perpetuate itself for years. For years, often people have even forgotten what they're angry about. I don't even know what I'm angry. I just don't know that I don't like you. And the cycle, and fr- by the way, family, friends, the cycle goes on. Kaba Savua, your daughter is living as a cleaning lady, probably just a few mere steps away from you. And it took you 24 years to think about maybe I should annul the vow and give my wife. Yeah, because you know what? Kaba Savua probably had that righteous indignation. My daughter, she married this guy, this ignorant shepherd. How dare she? Doesn't know who they does, Doesn't she know who they are? He gets angry. And allows the anger. So what happens with anger? You just allow it to fester. Allow it to fester. And when anger festers, all it does is consume you more and more and more to the point that you just become an angrier person who can't even get out of your own way. Well, at least the Kalba Savua's credit, he wakes up 24 years later. Let me go. Maybe this guy will know my vow. Amrle, so Asilagabe comes before Rabbi Kiva. And I both say, Kalba Savua has no idea that Rabbi Akiva is his son in law. He has no idea. So I'm really adaited the Gavra Rabba Mikanadris. So listen to this. Tell me, if you knew that your son in law had become a great man, would you have made the nether? So Kabasavu says, Great man, even had I known that my son in law would learn one Mishnah, one Pasik, I would have never made I would have never made the nether. Anahu. So Rabbi Akiva says, by the way, it's me. It's me, Akiva. Your ignorant shepherd. It's me, I give you ignorant shepherd. So the Gemara says, Nafal alape vinashke al kare. So Kaba Savua fell down at his feet, kissed his feet, viyarvle palga mamone, and ultimately again gave him half of his wealth. Incredible, half of his wealth. I just want to point out half of your wealth doesn't make up for ignoring your daughter for 24 years. I just want to point out all of your wealth doesn't make up for ignoring your daughter for 24. It's nice. It's the money. Money's always nice. Money, money always helps. But money does not make up for familial strife. Incredible Gemara. So the Gemara says, Barati, so we'll say, before we go on, the famous Kasha, the famous Kasha, we'll say, and I, I printed, see, I, I actually, I, I printed it out for myself last night, and then I forgot to go ahead and print, oh, I have, I have the scan. So we'll say, I just want to read you something amazing. We don't have time for it, but I'm going to make time for it, because whatever, we, we've already blown the schedule as it is. So we'll say, so now, l- 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 listen to this, we'll say, Ask the obvious question. He says, Rabbi Akiva comes back after 12 years, after 12 years, and what happens? He overhears his wife talking that if it was up to you, go for another 12 years. Beautiful. Stop at home for a coffee in Danish, right? A, a, a little something, a frappuccino, right? Uh, you know, uh, say, say hello. Say I'm, I'm alive and well. How are you? No. No, he hears it. He, over, rather, he overhears the conversation and he turns around and goes the other way. Asks Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, why couldn't you just stop it? Say, I just want to read this to you. Listen to what Rav Chaim Shmulevitz said. He said, He quotes the Gemara. Quotes the Gemara. He quotes the Gemara and says, "Good." Okay. Right. So listen to this. He comes back. I'm sorry. So the Gemara says, "How many years did? How did?" All right, let me just read it to you. He's like this. 
Rebbe this is the famous Erech Chaim Shalevitz, because he understood, he understood that if he went into his home, so says there's a difference between learning 24 years and learning 12 years and 12 years. Had he gone into his home, there would have been a break in his learning. And when there is a break in your learning, I will say what? It's not the same level of intensity. See, when Rabbi Akiva comes back after 24 years, he has learned 24 years uninterrupted. How do you acquire 24,000 Talmidim? How do you become Rabbi Akiva the God of Obviously, this is Rabbi Akiva. How do you become Rabbi Akiva the God of Ritzifos. Ritzifos means the concept of doing things in an uninterrupted fashion. Essentially, Chaim Shalavit says, 12 plus 12 doesn't equal 24. 12 plus 12 is 12 and 12. Could you accomplish a lot from two blocks of 12-year learnings? Absolutely. But are two blocks of 12-year learning the same thing as 24 years of uninterrupted learning? Absolutely not. A Rabbi Akiva only becomes a Rabbi Akiva because of an intensity and a retzifos of uninterrupted learning. There's something to devoting yourself in an uninterrupted fashion without any distraction. I will say, obviously, this is an extreme. This is an extreme. This is not the norm for regular people. But Lamaisa, if you want to understand how great people become great, there's a singular laser-like dedication and devotion to whatever it is that they have to accomplish at hand. That's where greatness comes from. I will say, and I will say also, it's, we, we can emulate this, I will say, in, in a little bit of a fashion, because if you notice, a lot of times when we learn, we're distracted, right? I'm five minutes here, then on here, then over here, then it, I will say, it's an interesting exercise for our own selves to establish a savior of Ritzifos, to commit, to commit to saying, you know what? I learned for a certain amount of time uninterrupted. By the way, it could be 10 minutes. Be 10 minutes, right? For 10 minutes, I don't look at anything else other than my Gemara. For 20 minutes, or 30 minutes, whatever amount of time you want it is. But learn without distraction. Because when you learn with distraction, whatever distra- distraction will be talking to your friend, distraction will be looking on your phone, distraction will be counting ceiling tiles. Rabbi Shalavah says, 45 minutes of learning, but multiple distractions is not 45 minutes of learning. What it is, is it's seven minutes of learning, plus 11 minutes of learning, plus another nine minutes, which is beautiful and wonderful, but the intensity is not there. Intensity is only created by a sense of ritzifos. To be ratzif means continuous, uninterrupted learning. That's the muster, says Rechaim Shulevitz. 12 plus 12 doesn't equal 24. Only 24 is 24. 12 plus 12 is what? It's two units of 12, which is fantastic and beautiful but does not have the same effect of 24 uninterrupted years. But see, that's the most skill for us, to try to establish in our ruchnius a sense of receipts, however long it's going to be. Every person has to know their own, their own limitations. But to create for myself a model where I go ahead and I commit myself to something in an uninterrupted fashion. I'm fully vested in this. Receipts. So Chaim Shalev, it's beautiful. So Gemara goes back there. So much to do here, but the Gemara goes back there. The Gemara says, what happened? The daughter of Rabbi Akiva did this same model with her husband, Ben Azai. Right? In other words, Ben Azai went off 
to learning yeshiva for a protracted amount of time as well. is what people say. The sheep follows the sheep. Like the mother did, so did the daughter. The Rabbi Say told us this is a whole discussion over here about Ben Azai, because it's different Gemara's that say that Ben Azai himself never married. Nafshi Chashka Batora. Okay, we'll get to it in the next cycle. Rav Yosef, Braid Rava. Shadre Avuila Beirav. What's a great story? Rav Yosef, the son of Rava. His father sent him, Rava sent his son Rav Yosef to Yeshiva. So the Gemara is Rav, the Kameid Rav Yosef. The Kameid Rav Yosef. I'm sorry, Lekameid Rav Yosef. Paskule Shis Shani. So I'll say, so what happened? They established that he was going to spend six years in Yeshiva. Kihavatlas Shani, at the end of three years, so Rav Yosef ultimately again decided, Mati Mali Yom Kippuri, Amra Ezov Achzinul Inchibesi. Three years went by, Erev Yom Kippur came, so you know what? Let me go see what my family's doing after three years. So I will say, Shamavua, Rava heard that his son was coming back from Yeshiva, Shakal Mana, he took like a knife, a weapon, Benafik Lape, and he went out to greet him. Now, greet him is not exactly the correct term. He went out to confront him. Amarle, Zonaschad Niskarta? Igida Ami Amarle, Yonaschad Niskarta? Why are you coming home? Why are you coming home? Right? You're supposed to be learning in Yeshiva, six years in Yeshiva, that's what you're supposed to be. Now, again, I will say, he engaged him with some pretty strong words. In other words, what he was accusing him of essentially was, Oh, you miss your wife. You miss your wife, right? You want physical intimacy. That's why you're coming home. So I will say, so he was, Rav was upset at his son. He expected more from his son to be able to say, it's the Ritzifos. It's again, because three and three don't equal six. Only six equals six. So he was upset that his son was breaking the rhythm, breaking the Ritzifos. So I will say, listen to this. It should, they got into it with each other, father and son. Lomar if sick, lomar if sick. And I will say, they argued Mamish all the way up until Yom Kippur to the point that neither of them had the time to have the Suda Hamaf Sekes. So I will say, so first of all, okay, not the best way to spend your Arab Yom Kippur arguing with your kid, right? But, but Lamaisa also seemed like, what was Rava so upset about? But what's, what's the big deal? His son wants to go, maybe he did miss his wife, but he, so he wants to come home to check on his wife. What is the big deal? He's going to come home and go back. No, because once you break the rhythm, once you break the Ritzifos, then at the end of the day, it's very nice. You have three years and three years but you do not have six years of collective spiritual growth. Incredible. Rebosei says in the Mishnah, Rebosei literally translated, a woman rebels against her husband. Now we don't know what, what does that mean, rebels against her First of all, Lashon itself is so strong. What is it she's rebelling against her husband? Okay, we'll see. What's that? We diminish her ksuva. We diminish our ksuva as a result of our quote-unquote rebellious behavior. How much do we, how much do we go ahead and diminish it? Shiva dinar b'shabbos. Seven dinar in a week. Rabbi Hudon Rehud, says, Shiva trapikin. Seven trapikin. We'll see what that means in the Gemara. And Masiyah Pochis, so we'll say, how long, how much of the ksuva do you diminish? Ad kineget ksuvasa. Well, you, you could diminish the ksuva up until the value of the ksuva itself. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, the olamu pochis v'holech, this is pretty amazing. He says, no, you could diminish, continue to diminish the ksuva until what? Until you go into the negative, until the point that the wife owes the husband money. Now, I will say, when would the wife owe the husband money? If she happens to have other property or inherits property, she would end up owing him money based on the negative balance. He says, says, if a man rebels against his wife, Again, we don't know what... In that case, we add on to her ksuva 
three dinar in a Shabbos, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Shlosha Trapik. And Rabbi Yudah says, three tropics. Now, both say, now why is it exactly that the amounts are not equal for men and women, right? If a woman rebels, so to speak, it's a diminution of seven dinar in a week. If a man rebels, it's an addition of three dinar in a week. We'll see in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Moredes Mimai. What does it mean that she's rebelling? Rebelling against what? Rafuna says, intimacy. She's refusing to be intimate with her husband. I will say, we're going to clarify this later, but I'm going to clarify it now because it's important. This is not a case, right? We're talking about over here a case where she says she's using intimacy as a tool of revenge against her husband. That's what's happening over here. It's not the pshat that she doesn't feel well, or we'll see cases where she says, Nimasalai, I don't I find my husband physically repulsive. Right? That, that's a different kind. We'll talk about that case. This is a situation where she's clearly using intimacy as a, as a tool of revenge. So the Gemara says, It means that she refuses to work. So the Gemara says, All right, let's analyze this. So the Mishnah also said, There's a case of a man rebelling against his wife. So according to the opinion that says that rebellion means a refusal to engage in intimacy, I'm going to say that could go both ways. But according to the one who says from work, is a husband obligated to work for his wife? To which the Gemara says, The Gavi case, the Gemara says, of where he says, what? I'm not supporting you. right? I'm sorry, I'm not feeding you, I'm not supporting you. I, what about the case? Rav says, in the case where a husband says, I'm not feeding you, I'm not supporting you, the halacha is Yodse. You have to divorce her and give her a ksuva immediately because that's not a sustainable marriage. That's true. But again, there's still a conversation that goes on. In other words, I both say that just because the husband says that, just because the husband says that, so again, we don't immediately go ahead and just divorce her. In other words, there's still a process by which we begin to diminish the ksuva. So the Gemara goes weiter, Meisvei, Achas liarusa unusua, vafilunida, vafiluchola, vafilushomeras yabam. So we'll say, so listen to this. The Gemara calls the Braisa. The Braisa says, whether she's in arusa unusua, anida, achola, a shomeras yabam, in all of these cases, the halacha of moredes applies. So bishlom lamanda amar mimalacha shapir. So what's according to the opinion that says that moredes means she refuses to work? I understand that applies to all of these cases. So nida bas tashvish bas tashvishi. So we'll say, but according to the opinion that says moredes is 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 tashmish is intimacy, is a woman who's a nida, right? Is she able to engage in intimacy? So we'll say like we saw in yesterday's daf. So we'll say even a nida could be a moredes because if a nida says to her husband, I just want you to know. I am refusing to have intimacy with you, refusing to be intimate with you. Even though right there in that moment, they're not allowed to be intimate, a husband knows that he's going to be able to be intimate with his wife after she goes to the mikvah. The fact that she's saying now to him, right, no intimacy for you, ultimately is a form of moredes. So the Gemara says, Ike Amri, others say, tashmish, diktani chola. So I understand, according to the opinion that says moredes is tashmish, that's why it includes the case of chola. Because even when a woman is a chola, she has the ability to be intimate with her husband, amadez elah. Lamant amrami malacha, chola bas malachi. But I will say, according to the opinion that says that it's malacha, is a woman who is ill able to work? Ella, we'll say, here we go. So we'll say, everyone agrees that when a wife refuses to be intimate with her husband, I will say, again, we're going to discuss the parameters. I will say, again, I want to be clear. This doesn't mean that you could have, you could have a situation where a husband desires intimacy and a wife says, I, I don't. 
I don't. That, that doesn't make her a moredes. Just, just, just to be very clear, moredes is a very specific case where a wife is is refusing to go ahead and be intimate with her husband, and you could see it's being done in a punitive type of fashion. Again, we'll discuss the parameters of that. So everyone agrees. Everyone agrees that if she withholds intimacy as a punitive measure, that's called moredes. So keep pligi mimalacha. It will say where, did, where, where does the machlokis come up if she refuses to work? One opinion says that if she refuses to work, that's not called moredes. Maybe it's not nice. It's not nice. In other words, if she's able to work, able to help. Or when, when we say work, work also means like the domestic responsibilities that we've spoken about before. So one opinion says it's not nice, but it's not moredes. The other opinion says no, even from malacha, that's called moredes as well. So I will say, the Gemara has reached a very important conclusion. That halacha lemaisa refusal for intimacy with for intimacy as a punitive measure is moredes. That everyone seems to agree with. And halacha lemaisa refusal to work right to do malacha that's a machlokes if it's moredes. Incredible. Let's go back to just for the two minutes we have. Gufa hamoredes abayla pochsin lo mixuvasa shiva dinarim b'shabes. So we learned. We learned there's a Mishnah, right? A woman rebels against as well. Here it's a Raisa, but it's the same thing as the Mishnah. A woman rebels against her husband. We diminish her ksuva seven dinarin a week. Rabbi Hudon Rabbi Hudon says Shiva Trapekin, seven trapics. Rabbi Sinu Chazru Benimnu. Rabbi said the Rabbis came along and they said they employed a different model. What's their different model? Shiu Machrizin Ala Arba Shabbos Zuach Arzu. So it's actually very interesting. We announce about her in shul. We announce about her in public, right? Rachel is a moredes against her husband, Ruven. It's just part of the announcements before Kiddush, right? Like Kiddush is sponsored by the Schwartz family, and Rachel is a moredes, right? So, 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 so what happens? She arba shabasos. So I will say, ultimately, again, they would announce about her, would announce about her for four weeks. So I will say, by the way, I just want to point out, just so you know, we are equal opportunity announcers. In other words, when, we, when the Chazal said that we announce about a moredes, remember, again, the Mishnah already told us, Moret goes both ways, right? A wife could rebel against her husband, a husband could rebel against his wife. Either way, the point over here is, beforehand, the old model used to be, we'll diminish the ksuva if she's the Moretis, or we'll increase the ksuva if he's the Moret. Then the model changed. The model changed with, instead of a gradual diminution, we will engage in this for four weeks. We'll apply communal pressure for four weeks. Bezin was sent to her. Again, I will say, whatever applies to her also applies to him. Shogun la Bezin. Have you odas? Shafiluk suva seich meyamana hifsarata. And Bezin sends her, just know, even if you have a very valuable suva, you're going to lose it. Achos, the Sigmar says, Achos the Arusa nusua afilunida bafiluchola bafilushamaras yavam. Shabbos says, so ultimately, again, it doesn't matter what her state is. If she's a Moredes, with four weeks, four weeks we announce about her. Basin sends her announcement just not at the end of four weeks, you don't change your ways, you're going to lose your ksuva, no matter how valuable it is. Even if she's a nida, but a nida is not able to be intimate with her husband. Again, I will say one more time, once again, you can't compare someone who has bread in his basket to someone who doesn't have bread in his basket. The idea being that even a nida who's not capable of engaging in relations now, if she's clearly using relations as a punitive measure against her husband, she becomes a moredes. So the Gemara says, all right, so we'll see, you know what, we'll stop. Well, let's just finish this up. When we make the announcement, we'll say, where do we make the announcement? We make the announcement in shuls and in bate medrash. 
And we'll say, so we make this in public. How do we know this? Amrava Dekanamidiktani, Arba Shabbosos, Zuacharzu. Why do we say four Shabbosos? Four Shabbosos? Because we'll say, make it on Shabbos when? When people are gathered in the Bate Medrash and the Bate, Bate Kinesios, Shmamino. Indeed, see, Shabbos, this is the second iteration of this Moret. That's what I'll we'll stop over here for today. More on this Emirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach. Everyone on Zoom, everyone have a great day. Good to see everyone. Incredible daf, incredible daf. Yeah. Probably, probably, that's why your lack of needles was so severe. In other words, the fact that they had a rebbe. Right. Whose whole life was was Midos. You had a rabbi, and you did not so learn. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it highlights it. Yeah. Rabbis who go away for any period of time. What about all their the beats? The obligations of, of Mizonos, of Ona? So remember again, it's yesterday's daf that a wife can be mochel. Oh, so you just have to assume that Well, no, you have to ask. You have to ask that's what I'm saying. No, but in these stories, we're assuming that that's the case. Absolutely. Absolutely.